Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the title of the talk is um, Just Another Ego Trip. Um, I had a, a full day today. It was the uh, meeting of the Spirit Rock Teachers Council, uh, an all-day meeting, and uh, got back just in time to take a little nap, write down a few words, and have a bite to eat, and here I am. Um, but I wanted to share some things that uh, were stirred by the by the meeting, the teachers at Spirit Rock get together, oh, every uh, three months or so. We have a teacher's council meeting. <clears throat> and I was very much looking forward to uh, today's meeting because one of the topics was something that um, a few of us put on the agenda, um, <clears throat> which was uh, climate. And uh, the, this talk is not going to be about climate, per se, I know I talk a lot about climate from time to time. But um, I was looking forward to it, as were the the other um, teachers that put it on the agenda, and so were so was the whole council, as it turned out. And we spent an, an hour uh, at the end to, um, to look at our role and responsibility around this issue, and... Um, with uh, Tanisara, who I just mentioned a little while ago, and Mark Coleman, um, and Sally Armstrong wasn't there, but the, we had written a letter to the um, Governing Teachers Council and asking it to be put on the agenda. And it was a very rich conversation with a lot of ideas and next steps about um, what the Dharma has to offer and, and what we in the role of, of teachers have to um, have to offer and and spirit rock as an institution so that was very um, satisfying and rich <clears throat> and the other topic on the agenda was leadership and that is uh, what what here we are the, the teachers in leadership positions one way or another and uh, we wanted to explore what does it mean to be a good leader? What's our understanding? What makes a good leader? And um, some reflections about how we approach leadership and um, how our philosophy uh, developed. And we broke into small groups, uh, groups of uh, three or four. I was in a group of four with three other really wonderful teachers, very inspiring teachers who are leaders in their own right uh, with various sanghas and leading uh, different um, dimensions of dharma and have written books and um, are respected leaders. And we each spoke about our history around leadership and the interesting thing was each of us said we 
were either very shy or were reluctant to somehow get into this role? How did how did find ourselves in this role? There were three Brits and me, and they and they said, "Well, you know, being being a Brit, you you naturally are playing yourself down." But um, but they each had that um, that. Um, Shyness, and I said, "Hey, you don't have to be a Brit. I, I'm from New York, and I was that way. And uh, as I've said here before, I was very insecure and shy growing up. But there we all were, uh, even with the self doubts uh, along the way, and uh, as reluctant as we are, we were in this role. And what I if you've been coming here for a while, uh, you've heard me say what I try to communicate these days is all of us have something to offer, not just people in positions of you know uh, more obvious authority. Every one of us has something to offer. And the an important element of practice is discovering what your gifts are, each person discovers what their gifts are and then being able to share them with others and making a difference. As I've said a number of times uh, in recent months, this is no time to play small. This is no time to uh, let our uh, shyness or insecurity keep us from expressing what's in our heart and with our caring and um, vision of making this a better world. But there we were uh, reflecting on our history and I'll share a little bit about mine and then I want us to all explore, this is not just about me, but hopefully it'll be relevant to you to see the possibilities of overcoming whatever smallness is in your mind and your heart to find your voice. We were asked to uh, give a little bit of our thoughts about what good leadership is. And um, when uh, my turn came, uh, I said that for me, a real a good leader is somebody who helps bring out the best in in others, and I've um, tried to do this in various ways, and uh, and I've been in a, a leadership position at Spirit Rock, and obviously this community, and uh, the Awakening Joy Course, and um, uh, I ran community Dharma leaders uh, program, the first uh, three iterations and all. And um, and I was quite, um, it was interesting to reflect on how that happened given that my shyness, and as I was uh, thinking about, well, where did I along the way somehow overcome that? And two things came to my mind. I hadn't reflected on this before, so it was a, a good, uh, good exercise for me. One was that I was a 
school teacher for a number of years in New York City for about 10 years, mostly fifth grade and sixth grade, and then a couple of years out here. And you're a classroom teacher, you are the leader. I can remember in my early days when we would do the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know if they still do that these days. Any, who's, any school teacher here? One. Thank you. Thank you. Are you a classroom teacher in public school? Do they do the Pledge of Allegiance? Not so much, yeah. Well, when I taught in New York... Definitely, every day, and would come through the loudspeaker, you know, we'd stand up, and, and I can remember sometimes uh, doing the Pledge of Allegiance, and at the end of it, I'd be, I'd kind of wake up from the spell of just saying the Pledge of Allegiance, my, my whole, my own school career, you know, I pledge allegiance to the flag, and there I would be, in my mind, back in fifth grade, and then it would end, and the kids would look at me and I'd realize, oh, it's me. I'm, I'm on. You know. it, it took me a little while to kind of get used to, oh, I am, I'm in, in charge here. I loved it, by the way, for most of, the, most of that time. And I still am in touch with fifth grade, sixth grade kids from 40 years later, uh, 50 years later now. Mr. Barris, is that you? Um, and in my, uh, in my school, in my class, the first few years, I thought it was all up to me that I had to write the lesson plans, I had to be interesting and fun and wise and together and all. And um, it, was, it was kind of exhausting with that mindset. After a few years, I discovered a magic um, secret about a good class, and that was it didn't have to be all up to me. And when kids would come up with a good idea, my first few years, somebody would say, we should do this. Well, and I think, okay, how can I do? Yeah, it's a good idea. How can we do this? And after a while, I got caught, I kind of caught on when a kid would come up to me and say, um, you know, Mr. Barris, we should really do this project. Wouldn't this be fun? And, all. and then I started catching on and saying, oh, that's a great idea. What do you need to do it? What do you, how can we make it happen? And let's, I want to hear your ideas and who would you want to do it with and all. Completely shifted things where it wasn't up to me, but we were co-creating and there was so much more creativity out there in the class than what I could think of on my own. And the kids really took ownership of the class and it became so much more alive. So this was a one very key lesson that it didn't have to be all up to me and that the more I could involve and empower others, then it was fun for everyone. So that was one, one piece. 
And then the other element of my personal kind of development in, in thinking about leadership um, is something I, I haven't talked much about here. Maybe, some of, maybe I've mentioned it before, maybe, and some of you probably know it. Whatever your thoughts or judgments about this, this is who I am. I was in um, sales for a number of years. Good sales, I thought. <laughs> um, I was um, involved in a multi-level marketing program. That's kind of network marketing where you develop uh, a kind of um, organization and then you train others to train others, etc., etc. And I got into this, I never thought I'd get into it. My father was in sales, and he, he used to sell um, uh, interior decorating and furniture and drapes. And he, used to, he warned me when, when I was very young, he said, if you get into sales, I'll kill you. Don't get into sales. Right? But there I was getting into sales. Because somebody gave me a glass of spirulina. Has anybody ever tried spirulina? I took a glass of spirulina, drank a glass of spirulina in 1980, and it blew my mind. It was healthy. It was good for you. It was, mm, it was a good way to turn people on to health. And I became um, a network marketer and gave talks on right livelihood and built an organization because I really believed in this stuff. I still do. I'm not so involved now, but what I did, as far as on the business end, but what I did was I was very excited and built this organization wanting to turn the world on to spirulina. And, um, and it, it kind of took off. At some point, I didn't want to get into the, the so focused on the business because it was kind of taking me over and I was thinking, looking at what's my bonus check this month and all. And by that time I had fallen in love with the Dharma and I kind of uh, thought I was pulling out, but one of my branches, it's called a tree, one of my branches in the tree just took off and exploded in a good way. And for 20 years, that helped sustain me for teaching on a Donna basis, as I do now. But what came out of that, why I share that, was that I was completely sold from that point on, on the power of supporting and empowering others who then support and empower others, and that rippling effect infinitely and then I decided well didn't decide it decided me the best product of all is the Dharma and although I was not getting a bonus check it was a really good thing to turn people on to and that the more just like I was on the receiving end of my teachers inspiration um, if I could pass that on and help awaken that to whatever extent that the Dharma would do its magic and that that would be passed on 
as well. So I became a believer in empowering others, not just empowering them, but um, just seeing, seeing people's gifts and believing in them and helping them to shine and then that they would pass it on. And I, I love uh, mentoring when there's somebody who I, there's a connection with who's really sincere and deep in their practice. So anyway, um, as, as I, we all spoke about overcoming our doubts and our shyness, as I often say, when I was a kid, my parents would come back from open school week and the teachers would say, he's a good student if he just raise his hand or open up his, his mouth. You know, that's how shy I was. How we all overcame our shyness and how now I'm encouraging people to really show up. Um, I thought of... a. A line that I've uh, been struck by for many years. I heard this so uh, 45 years ago when I first got into the Dharma, and uh, each summer I go to Boulder, Colorado, uh, at um, where Naropa was holding its summer sessions starting in 1974. Naropa Institute, which is now Naropa University, and um, Trungpa Rinpoche. Uh, organized it. That's where I met Joseph Goldstein and and Jack. That was there where they started after being in Asia. And Trungpa Rinpoche was this crazy wis- wisdom master uh, who was very controversial, but very brilliant and quotable. And one night he gave a talk, and he said, "You know, timidity." is just another ego trip. Timidity is just another ego trip. And then he went on to explain that as so many of us have that shyness, that it's just another way that we are contracting around this sense of self And to say, who, me, is just as much self-involved as, hey, look at me. It's just the reverse on the other side. Who, me? Could I do that? It's it's actually, you know... uh, and, and I say this with all respect and appreciation for all of us like me who have been so shy, and there's still a shy part of me in here. So this is not with judgment, but it's with um, compassion, seeing the predicament that says, I couldn't do that. And really, the practice and the teaching of anatta, the Buddhist teaching of anatta, 
for some of you that might be a, a not a familiar term anatta is the the teaching that the buddha gave of not self not self-referencing and taking myself out of out of the process of life and somehow coalescing and being dense and feeling separate from life and the buddha said see through that don't see don't separate yourself out and think that you either have to prove yourself or get recognized or um or uh, protect or defend now of course it's important to know how to protect and defend yourself and have healthy boundaries and have self-respect but not to the point where you are imagining people's projections and living by what will they think of me or how can i get approval or uh will i make a fool of myself all of those things are about this small sense of self timidity is just another ego trip and i wanted to read to you a a passage that i love probably many of you are familiar with it um it's by marian williamson who probably all of you know by now um who is really a a a good uh, a good spiritual teacher and this is um a piece that she wrote and it was in her book return to love a return to love about this topic and where i got that phrase that i mentioned before from our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us we ask ourselves who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous actually who are you not to be you're a child of god your playing small does not serve the world there's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you we are all meant to shine as children do we were born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us it's not just in some of us it's in everyone and as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same as we're liberated from our own fear our presence automatically liberates others your playing small does not serve the world 
There's nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us. It's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we're liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. And if the, the word God trips you up, this being a, a, a Buddhist-based gathering, don't let that word trip you if it does. For some people, it's a very inspiring word, and for some people, it's, um, it, it's, it, it snags the mind. God is just another way of pointing to the mystery, pointing to the Dharma, pointing to the what is beyond human comprehension. So when she says um, uh, the glory of God is within us, the universe, life, the goodness, your Buddha nature, whatever you call it, is right in there in you. And part of your task, I believe, which is what this exploration was about today, is seeing how you can get in touch with your own gifts. What gifts do you have to give the world? And then finding the courage or not letting your small thoughts stop you from giving voice to them. And when you discover your gifts, there's a kind of paradox in that they're both your unique expression. Life has ex is expressing itself in a way that's never been before like you. And so there's a uniqueness that's important to celebrate and delight in and honor. And at the same time, they're gifts that you've been given. So at the same time, you can't really take ownership. Oh, look at my beautiful voice. It's wonderful to have a beautiful voice to sing. But you can perfect it, but what did you have to do, have to do with that manifesting through you? Look at my creativity. Where do those thoughts come from? Do you say, I'm going to have a good creative thought right now? That's not how it works. It's more creativity moves through you, doesn't it? If you've ever tried really hard to have a really great creative thought, you know how frustrating that could be. But rather, when you get out of the way, often something just comes through. 
Where did that come from? That's the beauty of creativity that you can really see. You can't take ownership of it. You're just an instrument that life is playing through you. So here's that paradox where it's both yours, your unique manifestation, and not yours, which is a great relief that you don't have to put pressure on being brilliant or gorgeous or whatever. It just comes through you however it does. And to have both of those where, as I say, you can celebrate what comes through but not take ownership of it, that it's yours and not yours, there's a kind of freedom in that. And particularly when you're connected with something that you feel needs to be said. This is a month or so ago, I gave a talk about courage uh, and, and, and let a, a day long on it. When you are in touch with the truth that needs to be said and you wish somebody would say it, it's you. I, I love that Lily Tomlin uh, line. She says, I always thought somebody should do something about that. And then I realized I was somebody. So, with this idea of timidity being another ego trip, without any judgment, without blame, without you don't have to add on what in Buddhism is called the second arrow on top of the first. Oh, I'm kind of you know messing up, and oh, what a pathetic God person I am for messing up, and then you just kind of blame yourself. So. Don't judge yourself for any kind of timidity or insecurity or pride or whatever. Just seeing it and not letting letting that get in the way of finding your voice. And this is where, as I say, we need everybody who cares and who wants to make this a better world to speak up and to let standing in truth be enough for you to overcome any kind of shyness or timidity. So, as uh, I, I've said enough, I'd like us to explore personally our own relationship to this. So I have a little bit of a reflection for us all to do, and then we can explore with each other. So I'd like you to um, sit up and just ref uh, reflect for a few moments. Go inside. I've done this in one way or another before, but here's just a new wrinkle, particularly around this topic. Just reflect for a moment. What gifts do you have that can contribute to others or to this world that to some extent make this a bit better world?
whether it's your love or your care or your certain skills, just for a few moments reflect on what gifts life has given you. Don't underestimate them. Don't let the mind say, oh, well, that's hard. That's no big deal. It's you. It's your expression. And as you get in touch with them, just ask yourself for a few moments, what blocks them from being fully expressed at times? Perhaps you already do express them. Maybe you're there on the front lines, but in your own way, if you ever play small, what gets in the way? Whether it's beliefs or thoughts, How do you hold yourself back? And if whatever you see, you see, hold it with great compassion, no judgment. And as you get in touch with that, on the other hand, what supports you in fully showing up. In really allowing yourself to shine, not from a place of ego, but from a place of not holding back. What supports you fully expressing your gifts? And then lastly, just envision what it would be like to fully express those gifts not from ego, but from joy of letting yourself be used by life and having the courage to overcome whatever fear holds you back. What would it feel like? What would it look like? What kind of an effect might you have on others and in this world? And if it seems like a really rich image, just imagine going for it.
Okay, and now uh, what I would encourage you to do is to um, hear each other, witness each other, be witnessed and witness um, if you're up for it to have a group of three. Just turn to two other people. Uh, it can be a group of, it can just be a dyad or a group of four if that's what naturally is there, but try to go for a group of three. It's a good number. And each of you share what came up from you for you from that. What, what are your gifts? Maybe if you want to talk about what blocks them or what supports them, but um, to what extent would it be like if you let them shine through? And we'll come back uh, after, oh, maybe about uh, 10 or 12 minutes or so. Okay, so just turn to a couple of people near you and introduce yourselves and uh, just see what comes up. If you prefer not to do this, you can just be quiet and go inside. But if you, uh, if you would, I think you might find it rich. So please. Yeah. Can be a, here's three. And if you're looking for somebody, uh, raise your hand. Here's, here's a, a twosome if there's one person that wants to, to join. Or you can, uh, if you want, you can either just be with the two of you. Yeah, it's fine. Or, uh, or join another group. Okay. Start finishing up and... You can uh, thank your neighbors, and then we'll come on back. We just have a few mi- few minutes to uh, to check in. Uh, always, I'm torn between letting the richness of the conversation uh, come out of of all of you and uh, sharing together. So let's just uh, see any comments, any insights, any anything that came up from that that you'd like to share. Don't be shy. <laughs> well, I'll be the first. Speak right into it. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'll be the first shy person to talk. <laughs> and we both were shy too. It'd be interesting to know how many other people in the room uh, fit that that profile. Um, Turning it up. Um, I, I really enjoyed talking with Kate, um, or I enjoy, it was wonderful, Kate's listening to me, and it was wonderful hearing what she had to say. Um, I, I think that, for me, it was, um, in reflecting on, on my gifts, it was also seeing sort of the, the, the whole process of how my things have evolved and my gifts have have kind of shown up at different points in my life that mm-hmm. it's just been this whole long process of struggling and working on things and learning to open up and being in the dharma and just and so it um it was very gratifying 
mm. process. To, I mean, to just re be reflecting on that, mm. and um, mm -hmm. and very different from the person I was in first grade. And because mm. I also had my teachers would often write in elementary school that they wished I would participate more and raise my hand. And mm. I have no problem speaking up now, pretty much. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great, yeah. And it is good to just see in retrospect, oh, yeah, maybe I have grown a bit. Yeah, how beautiful. Thank you. Anything else? Okay, one last one. Here, uh, there it is. Yes, and what's your name? Jim. Hi, Jim. And that was Wendy. Yeah, Jim. Is it, is it on? Oh, maybe it's not on. Can you hear me no. better now? Okay. And your name was? Kathy. Lisa. Yeah. And um, when we, I thought it was interesting uh, that we all struggled a bit with figuring out what our supports were um, and sort of naming even what we think is a, something you can rely on to mm. to make you feel more comfortable with letting these things out and um yeah i i found one thing that i have come to start drawing on was, was for myself which i which i mentioned which was something i experienced at spirit rock on a day long where we did a whole thing where this exercise where you look into other people's eyes and you 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 think about you talk you actually say you think actively with staring at mm -hmm. them what it is they've gone through, what you've gone through. And it's a very powerful experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I think about that often. Mm. I, I really draw on that um, as something that, to know that there are all these people, I think of that specific person I did it with and all of those other people and all the people in the Sangha that are thinking of you and doing meta for you and that you're doing it for them. Mm. And it's a, it, it can be a very powerful source mm -hmm. of support. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you. Yeah, that's a, a, a beautiful practice. And we'll end now, but uh, that's a beautiful practice. It's, it, I, I often share one of my favorite practices is when, whenever somebody is giving you good energy, saying hi or smiling or saying, hi, how are you? Don't miss it. Don't miss the connection and also as a, as a Tibetan practice, see them as an agent of life letting you know that you are loved. It's life saying, hi, you deserve this, this goodwill. And the more we can allow it in and see, oh, life really loves me. Life wants me to thrive. The, the less the smallness gets in the way. So uh, it's beautiful to feel the support of others rooting for you, really. So I hope it might be useful, and to whatever extent you can see whatever supports help you come out, come out. We need you. Okay, so we'll have a short closing loving kindness, um, and I'll...
just mention these people uh, to keep in mind. You can foc- we can all focus on them together, and then we'll do a larger for all beings. Benjamin struggling to find his path. Peter grappling with soul sickness. May you be well, Peter. For Jay, who's experiencing health challenges and for those supporting him. Jack, going through a difficult divorce. Hans, who's fighting brain cancer. For Rebecca, suffering with anxiety and depression. And you might think of anyone in your life who you want to extend well wishes right now. Just because you care. And then extending out from this room our collective goodwill, whatever merit, goodwill that we've created together, may it radiate out and be shared and for the benefit of all and for the benefit of this planet. May all beings know the highest happiness and peace. May they all let their gifts shine. May this planet feel our caring and our love. Thank you very much. Have a great week, and uh, I'll see you next week if you're around. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.